The title of my message is When God Says Okay. Look at your neighbor and say, okay. Okay, okay. You can be seated. I told Brother Aaron to come up and help me play, play something for me. And I kind of, I didn't tell him this though. So he's, he's going to keep his head on the swivel. I want to show you just a quick, I want to show you a quick example of how you have to learn how to pivot and move with the moving and the speaking of our Lord and how important it is. Now, it would be very, very uncomfortable if I started singing a song right now in a different key than what he's playing, right? Everyone cringed, like, just now. Like, you were being nice, you know, because, you know, we're friends, right? But you're like, wow, that's, I feel nervous for him right now, you know? But if I said, I need the old, I need thee. You see how he was able to switch? I didn't tell him what song we are saying. He's able to follow and flow through what I'm saying. I'll give him a different one. Let's see. By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected king is You hear that? He's in the key. He knows it. The way he knows that is because he's had so much time on his own practicing for the moment that when somebody speaks or does something, he's ready. How many times is God speaking to us or trying to give us something, but we're so stuck on what we think is so important and what we know that we're not able to pivot and be flexible and be ready. Amen. Y'all give it up for Brother Aaron David. Isn't he awesome? Praise God. One of my best friends from a long time. I think we've known each other for over a decade now. Isn't that crazy? Wow. You're getting old when you start using those terms, you know, like or like when you say, oh, man, 10 years ago, I never 10 year olds don't say that, obviously. So. So, hey, everybody knows the story of Moses. If you don't pretty much, you know, this 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 guy got asked from this burning bush that was on fire. It was the manifested presence of God spoke to a man named Moses and said, hey, I'm going to ask you to lead about two plus million people in revolt against the president, basically, like in our time, you know. That's a big thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care who you are. If the Lord would have told me to do that, we would have had some words. I'd have been like, listen, Lord. I would have said the same thing that Moses said. I'm not eloquent. I can't speak well with that sort of thing. I could probably sing you a couple songs, you know. Um, I can gladly do that. But when you start talking about leading people and kind of trying to help them get from one place to another, leading them to a promised land, uh, it's gonna be a little. It's gonna be a little hard. Uh, so I identify a lot with Moses. Number one, because I think a lot of us, if, if God has called us to do something or has given us an ability to do something, you don't, first of all, you really need other people to kind of like confirm that, you know, for you. Not necessarily it has to happen, but in order for you to feel good about it or to feel confidence about it, it really helps that like my parents told me this, you know, hey, son, you've got, you've got an anointing on your life. A pastor, a preacher, somebody comes up, hey, son, you got something on your life very special. That really helps the situation. Moses had God Almighty speak to him from a burning bush that wasn't being burnt up. That would have scared me right there. You know, like something on fire and ain't burnt up. Like, what is this? And it's and not only is it on it's talking. It's talking to you. It's, it's probably loud, too, just to let you know. Like, by the way, it's going to be loud in heaven. If you don't know, I know people don't really like loud music. It's going to be loud in there. So go ahead and get it ready. All right. Just go ahead. Just get your ears ready. Um, 
identify with him because he said he makes this statement. He says, I'm slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Now, I think a lot of people would normally say and I've grown up thinking that he had a stuttering problem. I just thought that it was like, oh, okay, he doesn't speak clearly. He has, you know, and he was probably trying to speak in a different, different native tongue. He was probably trying to having to speak to this person in Hebrew and, you know, all this different. He probably what it really boils down to was he didn't have confidence. He heard a voice, the voice of God, tell him to do something. And he didn't have the confidence to say, "Okay, I'm going. What he did was he reasoned with God as to why it could it be him that he's talking to. How many of us have done that? Number of times you go to Starbucks, you go to whatever food place and you see that person. And there's just some type of connection. You don't know why you don't you don't have all the un, like answers as to why. But for some reason, you feel like, man, I feel like I'm supposed to go talk to them. I feel like I'm supposed to go encourage them or even pray for them. And that voice comes to your head and you know exactly what voice I'm talking about. That voice says, hey, go, go say something to this person. And in the way I see it, we have three options. We have three answers to that voice. Okay. Number one, I'm going to, and I'm going to switch the order a little bit on you. Uh, number one, you just go, you just go, you just go do it. Just go for it. Right. Like, okay, I'm going, you know, I don't have everything figured out. I don't have all the answers. I don't really know what I'm going to say. I feel really weird complimenting somebody on something, you know, just to try to build a conversation. Like when we were trying to help start the church uh, at Ascend, um, you know, it, it was in we were in Royal Oak a lot. And just so you know, if you've never talked to people before, like tried to carry on a conversation that people with you, that you don't know, a really good reason to like get better at that is to start a church. Because if you don't invite people and you don't talk to them, ain't nobody coming. You know what I mean? That's just that's just how it is. You're gonna start a church. Who gonna come? Whoever you invite. So. To get over that, we talk to people all the time. Uh, and anybody that was a part of that launch team, y'all know what I'm talking about. You walk up and find, you would just find a reason to talk to people. Man, and it's like super random. Man, those are some really cool shoelaces. What? And then they're like caught off guard. Oh, oh by the way, we have this church thing that, um, that we're doing. We'd love for you to come, you know. Or walk up to somebody and be like, oh, your baby is so cute. My goodness. And hopefully the baby is cute. You know, like, you know, my, my, my babies are cute. So I'm just I, I have the cutest baby. Somebody said, amen. Thank you. Thank you. I said it. Um, you find whatever reason to try to talk to these people and you come to find out that these people are broken. Come to find out that these people are actually the people that. God has ordained for you to go say something to them. And you were actually the person that was going to connect them to the reason that changed their whole life. And I saw it so many times. I can give you names of families that we had recorded a song called Fortress that we would sing here at the church. And that song was written uh, and produced by myself and Pastor Jamil. Jamil, Pastor Jamil had this this dream that we were singing this song, and he had the whole chorus, and he showed it to me. He's like, "Man, we need to finish this song. We finished writing the song. I went to California with my wife. We recorded it, came back, and we used the song as a means to connect with people. And I'm telling you, we would show people like, "Hey, do you like music? That was the that was the thing right there. Like, "Hey, you like music? Everybody loves music, you know." Show them a song and they would be like, man, that's so, you know, it was so nice. It was so good. I felt you guys do this stuff at your church. And we're like, yeah, yeah, you should come. You know, we're having a worship night, whatever. And, and I'm telling you, those very same people that we saw that we invited, I saw a good handful of those people be filled with the Holy Ghost and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Like I saw them. I saw it happen. I baptized two people myself. I had a Bible study at my house. And was teaching somebody and they they wanted to be baptized. We got baptized. Like The whole thing happened. But it all started because there was a little voice 
in our head that said, go talk to this person, go do this. And to look back and think, man, what if I didn't do that? What if I, what if I had said no? You know, that's the second thing that we'll say is no. We'll just say no. Like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You're not, you're not talking to me. This isn't, this isn't, you know, the, 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 like the story that he's talking about right now is not for me. It's, it's not going to happen, you know? Um, and so we miss things. We miss opportunities. I've done that so many times. Like, God, you're not talking to me. Like, this is, I'm not the pastor. I'm not the lead person. You know, I'm not the one that, you know, whatever. I find whatever excuse that is handy to me. Or I'm just here with my family. I'm just here chilling, spending, you know, I don't, I don't really feel like. And it's like, no, I'm basically what you're saying is no, I'm not going to do it. Another thing, another way that you can say no is you don't say anything at all. You know what I mean? So at least, you know, if I'm there with my wife and we're, you know, having a good time and I get that feeling, she gets that feeling and we're like, hey, we want to, you know, talk to this person or I'll say to her, babe, I really feel like, you know, we need to say something to them or, you know, connect with it. That is the wave of, of accountability that's right there to be able to say, like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. And one of us pretty much every time is like, oh, let's go, you know, go do it, you know. But imagine if that thought comes to your mind. And how many times have we just not said anything? And no one knows. You're just sitting there eating. You're just sitting there doing whatever it is that you're doing. And there's an opportunity that God is presenting to us to be able to connect with somebody that really needs him. Or the last one is you say, whoa. This is what, this is what Moses said, woe is me, right? Just that, that, that idea of woe. Woe, woe is me, woe is me. I can't do this, I can't do that. I, you know, I'm not eloquent. I can't speak well. I can't do this or whatever. We find whatever excuse is available to us at the time. You know, how many people have done that? Come on, let's be honest. Let's be real. Come on now. Okay. Everybody that ain't got their hand up, y'all going somewhere. I'm just going to let you know. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. I hope it ain't the weird place where we're supposed to be going. Okay. Um, this is the approach that Moses took. The woe is me sort of feel. And this is why, because our human nature just it's just in us to see something and then do something. Or we see well, like we're very we're very visually stimulated. OK. And to prove that, how many people watch videos on YouTube? Come on now. If you ever went to YouTube ever in your life. The crazy thing is, is like, man, you're, we're about two seconds away from not needing college ever because you can just go to the university of YouTube and learn how to do almost anything. You can change the lights in your refrigerator. You can change your carburetor. You can change, you can fix anything. You can learn how to do sound. You can learn how to play guitar. You can learn how to do almost anything. And it's because we are so visually stimulated that now in terms of teaching, it's really good for you to, you know, you're seeing these, you're seeing these little things behind me. It's helping you to remember because you're seeing it. Okay. I'm all for it, but it's something innately in us as a human that would like to see things before we ever say anything or to see things before we ever do anything. And everybody that's a part of the stock stock market says, amen, you know, and I learned this from a good friend of mine. He said, in physics, we know it that light moves. And here on Earth, light moves faster than sound. You've heard someone say, like in physics, the, the speed of light is, is just the fastest thing ever. It's very much faster than the speed of sound. But in the kingdom of God, it works in reverse. Somebody say it works in reverse. Oh, come on, a little bit louder. Come on now. We're going to have to wake up now. Somebody tell me it works in reverse. In the kingdom of God, sound is faster than light. I'll prove it to you. Go to Genesis 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And then the ending says, and God said, let there be light. He spoke first. 
and then light came. So in the kingdom of God, I'll give you another example. Noah had never seen rain before. But God spoke a word to him, said, hey, you need to build an ark because a flood's coming. The word came and then the water came. What if he would have waited? What if he would have waited for him to see what God had told him was going to happen? It had been too late. Somebody say it works in reverse. God's going to speak to you. He's going to say something to you before anything really is manifested. There are things in your life that he has already spoken over your life. But I'm afraid that some of us may or may not have heard what he said. And it's because of the distractions. It's because of the many things that happen in our life that cause us to not be able to hear the voice of what God is trying to say to us. Somebody say, that's good. <laughs> I'm getting in your back, backyard a little bit. Long story short, God's going to give you a word before you see anything. If there's something that's major in your life to do, God's probably going to speak it to you first. In a way, now whether you hear it or not, that's on you. Okay? I heard somebody say this that was so powerful to me and it changed the way that I think about hearing the voice of God. Is, did you know, like I remember growing up with my grandpa, he didn't hear too well. You know? He, he'd go, huh? Everybody kind of got that that thing like with that that parent or that grandparent or that person that just doesn't hear the first time you say anything, you know, like and I call him Papa, you know, so Papa, uh, can we, huh? Mid like he clearly didn't hear me because I was still talking, you know. Hey, Papa, give me, huh? So that means speak louder so that I can hear you, which also means that either I have a hearing issue or I'm not paying attention to you. You know, either either I can't hear you or I'm not paying attention, which is why I didn't hear what you're saying. God is never required to repeat himself. Did you know that? You know, that God will speak something to you and he doesn't have to say it again. He doesn't have to say it again. So whenever you're at that restaurant or, or, hey, say we're here at the church and God puts on your heart, man, I'm going to go to, I want you to go to the altar. I want you to pray. Or I want you to fast. You never fasted before ever. Why don't you try fasting a meal? You know, why don't you try this or try that? He's not obligated to repeat himself because he's God. And the moment that it comes out of his mouth, it's going to happen. Let there be light. And there was light. Right. So the thought of God speaking to us requires us to be able to hear him. Meaning we need to be in proximity to be able to hear his voice when he speaks. And that same voice. Think about this. The same voice that spoke this world into existence. Is speaking to you and I. On a daily, a daily situation. How arrogant am I to not listen to the very voice that spoke light into this world? How arrogant would I be? And here's the thing. I've done it. I've done it. That's why I'm saying this is I have heard things that I felt from the Lord and they scared me so much that. I said, woe is me. That can't can't be for me. And I ignored what the Lord spoke to me. Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible. Somebody shout impossible. Impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Second Corinthians five and seven says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Somebody say it works in reverse. But then the next question comes, how do you know that it's him? 
You know, like that's the that's the lingering question. Like, okay, let's move. Okay, God has been, you know, okay, I, I think I saw the opportunities where he's opened up for me to do this or do that. But how do I know it's really him speaking to me? And it's not just the pizza that I ate last night, right? Or it's not just this form of entertainment that I've been watching or this person that I've been around or this relationship that I've been entertaining that is causing me causing my mind to be convoluted towards this thing that I feel like I'm hearing. How can you be sure is the question. I don't know about you, but there's been moments in my life where I've felt the Lord say to do something and I didn't do it. And either somebody else did it or I saw at the end of the situation, it played out and I regretted not doing what the Lord had pressed on my heart to do. Has anyone ever felt that? Many a times. And how gracious is the Lord that he continues to keep speaking to us and he keeps giving us a chance to he doesn't stop speaking to us. He gives you a chance time and time and time again to be able to say, "Okay, I'm I'm trying my best to listen to you, Lord. This is a personal, personal story. Uh, everybody, I don't know if everyone knows, but um, most people here know uh, that me and my wife have been petitioned from the Lord to record and write music and songs uh, for, for church, you know, for, you know, the kingdom of God. And where music has very different, you know, there's so many different types of music. There's so many different waves of music. But I want to tell you, and I'm saying this because I got the microphone and I think I'm right. The most important music that exists is worship music that we sing in church. Hands down. Thank you for the glorious amens. I'm going to say it one more time. The most important music that exists is the music that we write for God, toward God, that we sing in a corporate situation. I'll prove it to you. Why was music made? Music was made to glorify God, right? To worship God. That's why we have music. Music is a gift. It didn't come from earth. It came from heaven. God made it. That's why it's so cool to hear people sing in a different language and they speak a whole different language and you, you still feel the power of God when they're singing Amazing Grace or, you, you know, it's, there's just something. It's a gift. It's something that is unexplainable, but it's true. You know, if the original intent for music, the reason that it was made was to glorify God and to lift his name. When you use a tool in the, in, the, in the context in which it was created, it's just way more effective. That's why when you come in here and you hear music and you, and you, you know, or you, here's the thing. If you just, if you don't just listen to Christian music, some people listen to different things. Like I'll listen to some jazz. I'll listen to some different things for music stuff. But like, I can't really listen to nothing that's not like uplifting the Lord. You know what I mean? I just, I just can't do it. Like that's, that's just Draylon Young. Y'all quote me. At my house, we don't listen to that. That's just how it is. So, you know, everybody do what you do. I ain't judging nobody. Y'all do y'all's thing. But at the young household, we don't do that. You know what I'm saying? We just don't do that. I want to challenge you. Listen to only Christian music for like a week. See if your mood changes. Or listen, do an experiment. Listen to a song that is not lifting up the name of God. And then listen to a song that is lifting up the word of God and see how you feel. Just try that on for more. That's just like a little a little science project. OK. In its original form, it's just like a, it's just like I said this in the first service. You could use the end of a screwdriver like the, the handle. You could use that to beat in a nail like you could. I've done it before. Like, I just couldn't reach the hammer. My uncle had me putting something together, and I couldn't reach the hammer, and I was just like, oh, I'll just get it in there, you know? 
It didn't go very far, but it went far enough to hang whatever it is we were trying to hang. But how much easier and how much more effective would it have been if I had used a hammer that was intended to nail in to that wall? It would have just been so much more efficient because that's what it was made to do. Very much so like music. That's why it's so pivotal what you listen to. Speaking of music, he's, he, again, he has commissioned us to write music, all this kind of stuff, right? The very first song that I really felt from the Lord that we were going to release from the, from the first album was a song called Have Your Way. We've sang that here. Uh, you know, we've, we sing it here. We've sang it. Uh, we go all over the country singing. Other churches sing it. Um, you know, I did think that it was going to be another song called Forever I'm In, which we did sing earlier today or earlier in worship. And but I really did feel like it was have your way. And when we were going to put that out, I, I again, I got that feeling. I got that nudge, that feeling from the Lord, because I pray about that stuff. I don't just I don't just try to do metrics. You know, what I mean, I don't try to just try to put the song out on a good day whenever everything's moving and grooving. And it's like, no, man, this is not my music. Like God gave me these songs. They're his songs. So I want to put them out his way. And I had this date. I think I still, I think it was January the 15th. I think it was when I was supposed to put the song out for Have Your Way. And that was the word that I got. Okay, 15th, we're good. February, we're going to put out Power in the Name, you know, on, you know, February, whatever day that we did. I forgot what day it was. March is this, and it's what I got, what I felt from the Lord to do. I'm asking you to indulge me a little bit. This is like, I know this may not really connect with too many people. Everybody doesn't release music. I understand. But when you release music and you're doing it because the Lord's told you, it's, that's my Moses moment. Okay. That's my, I'm leading 2 million people into or out of, you know, slavery into this promised land. Me doing a live recording that costs more money than what I make in a year. Like that's, that's me. That's a, that's a big deal for me. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm going to put this first song out on the 15th. This is what I felt like from the Lord. I'm like, man, it's going to be great. And my good friend, Mark Crowder, who also, we sing some of his songs at the church. He was doing his live recording. I think it was like January 14th, like the day before. You know, it was like a Friday night. And I was going to put the song out Saturday. And he asked me, he's like, Draylon, will you come and uh, open for me, and I want you to sing on one of the songs, you know, that I wrote. I'm like, oh, yeah, bro, I'll be there, you know. And uh, I said, oh, perfect, I got this idea. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to put the song, I'm going to sing the song that Friday night opening for him, and then we'll put the song out and tell everybody, hey, guys, the song's out, go listen to that, everything, you know. This is just how I think about stuff. Like everything makes sense. You know, if you don't know, I'm, an, I'm on the Enneagram. I am a nine. So a nine is a, like a peacemaker. They want everybody to be happy, everybody to be taken care of. We don't really too much enjoy confrontation. The healthier side of a nine is when confrontation happens, you deal with it immediately. Like, for example, we were playing volleyball at the Blastic's house last week, and I was getting really competitive. Like, I was seeing people get disgruntled. You know what I'm saying? Like, the type of stuff that ends friendships. You know what I mean? And, and I saw that. I felt that. In the moment, you don't really feel it because you're just kind of doing whatever. And we're young, you know? Everything, everything matters right now. And then I went home, and I just felt like, oh, bro, what are you doing? Like, this is just, like, this is supposed to be a good time. Like, what are you doing? So then I immediately text people. That's just my personality. Text everybody. I'm so sorry. That'll never happen again. We're just going to have a good time. That's just my personality. But I wing towards the one, which is a perfectionist. So I have this thing that I feel like a lot of people may have. It's called perfection paralysis. Does anyone ever struggle with that? Or is it just me? Do you know what that is? Perfect, perfection, perfection paralysis is everything has to be perfect or I just get paralyzed. Like I don't do anything. Like, it's like, okay, 
in order for me to read the Bible, like I got to get up on time. I got to make sure it's a sunny day and that my room is clean and that the bathroom, you know, is is clean. And, you know, everything's got to be perfect in order for me to do this thing that I feel like I'm supposed to do. It's called perfection paralysis. I'm guilty. Okay, you're you're welcome. I'm hopefully I make you feel welcome in this house. I'm trying to put this song out. I make the decision like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I, I'm hyping everybody up. Hey, the song is coming out Friday. You need to go listen to it, stream it, buy it, whatever, so we can pay these people back. Um, I need you to do this. And I get there, and I'm like, okay, the song should be out. And I look on where the song's supposed to be released, and it's not out. Like, I'm telling everybody. Guys, go listen to it. And they're like, uh, yeah, I went and it's not there. And there's nothing more humbling than saying something's going to happen and it doesn't to a whole bunch of people. Uh, I'm going to go back to the volleyball game. I proclaimed that my team was going to win before anything happened. I said, I am guaranteeing victory. And we lost. Nothing more humbling to let you know that, like, hey, shut up, sit down, like, you're fine, right? Felt the same way when I was trying to put this song out and went there, and it was nowhere to be found. And I did everything in my power to try to get the song up, like, everything. I'm, I'm calling people, bro, this song's not, like, what am I supposed to do? I'm looking on YouTube, looking up YouTube University to try to figure out how to put this song on, whatever I'm missing. And the next day, it shows up. And immediately, I felt a check from the Lord to say, this is my music. I gave you this song. I gave this stuff to you. You put it out when I tell you to do it. And it's one of those moments where you're like, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I was just trying to do a really good idea. I was just trying to make it happen. I was trying to do it myself. And... How many times do we try to make things happen on our own when God gives us stuff that's not ours? I know you have children, but they're not yours. I know you have a ministry or a calling, but it's not yours. I know you have a gift. Think about this. The gift that you have to play, to sing or to to speak or to connect or uh, to teach. Teaching is a gift, you know. Like the ability to be able to sit down with somebody and not get frustrated until they understand, that is a gift. But it's not your gift. Somebody gave it to you. You were given a gift. You were called to steward that gift and to invest it into other people and let it continue to multiply. But it's not yours. It's God's. Somebody said, amen, that's good. I learned real fast, I learned real fast that I can't let my personality of making other people happy stop me from doing what God has called me to do and what he is asking me to do the way that he's asked me to do it. I think we would, I think that we, if, we, if you applied that story to different places in your own life, I think we all, for the most part, find an, ex, find an excuse or a reason to not obey God the first time, right? So let me give you some practical things that you can use to make sure it's God speaking to you, okay? Note takers are world changers. If you write things down, I promise you, you will actually remember it. I'm just letting you know. Um, Number one, these things that you're gonna get are things that are gonna help you have confidence when the Lord speaks to you that it's him speaking and how to carry it out. Okay. Are you ready? Number one, somebody say, be in the right environment. Okay. If you're going to hear the voice of God, if you're going to try to put yourself in a place to hear the voice of God, you need to be in the right environment. Okay. If you are in a toxic environment, It is not going to be 
good or easier for you to hear the voice of God. You're going to hear what's around you. You ever been around people that are just negative and they don't know it? And then you just become negative and you don't know it? That's because of the environment that you're in. And to qualify this statement, God called Abraham out of his kindred, out of his home, out of his hometown. You know, we could go so many, so many more people. He, God does that a lot. He calls you out from where you are. He didn't do that to everybody. Right? I'm not saying everybody's got to come out from under your family. I'm not saying that because I pray that my son will always feel the power of God in our home. I hope that he always hears the voice of God in the home that we make, him and my daughter. So I'm not saying it's not, it's, it's always like that. But sometimes if it's a toxic, like for me, to be honest, because of my mother and my father, what they were going through, I needed to get out of there. I would not be standing here right now if God didn't bring me out of that situation. And it is so important. This is what I want you to remember is, you know, remember this. When you go to the airport, like we're going to, me and my family are going to go to the airport tomorrow. We're going to California for vacation. Sayonara. I love you. I love everybody here. But I am so ready to spend some very much needed quality time with my family. But when we get to the airport, and if you came with me, there's only a certain part that you can continue to be with us. You could drive up. You could help us with our bags. You could hit the sky cap. You could tip the sky cap guy. You could walk in, help us get all the stuff. But when we get to that place where they start checking tickets, if you have not paid the price, you cannot move on. And I... and. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but I'm not sorry. There are people in your life that have not paid the price to go to the next destination that you're going. That's not anything negative. That's just the facts. Where God has called you to go, the thing that God is commissioning you to do, there may be some people, i.e. your family or your friends, your very close relatives, that are not going to be, you know, uh, pivotal of you going to the next place that God has for you. So be okay that God is trying to get you in the right environment so that he can grow you and be exactly what he's called you to be. Somebody said amen. amen. Number two, surround yourself with the right people. Okay? Don't just cut everybody out of your life and not replace those people with people that are, you know, about the right stuff that are trying to help you. Uh, it's very easy in this world, in this society that we live in to just be reclusive. Like we have enough distractions. You know, like somebody gave the, the statistic. There is like it would take however many million years to watch every video on YouTube. Like it's, it's close to, it, it's a lot of years. It's, it's over 70 years. Okay. Like, let's just, like, let's just, let's just be realistic. You could spend your whole life watching every single video that is on YouTube and you would never watch all of them. You know, video games and phones, social media, uh, hobbies. I know men love to go hunting and fishing. There's plenty of things that we all love to do. That just kind of helps us be a little distracted away from the problems, you know, and some of those things are really great. I've never been hunting, so I can't judge it, but I'm just a little nervous, to be honest with you. That's just me. I'm a type of guy I like to, you know, just chill, play my guitar. You know, what I mean, that's kind of how I am. But there are plenty of distractions in this world to keep us off of purpose. And if you're not intentional about surrounding yourself with the right people, you can just get distracted. You can just be all about whatever it is that you want to be about. And I think it's very important for you to be in the right environment and be surrounded by the right people. I've heard pastors say this dozens of times. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how many accolades you have. I don't care how many things that you've ever done in your entire life. If you're in the same room 
and you're the smartest and you're the, you're the, you're the most whatever, man, you're holding yourself back. Why don't you get with somebody that can help you? Why don't you get with somebody that can teach you? Why don't you get with somebody that can call you out? I know I'm going to get pushback from that, but I'm qualified to be up here to tell you. I've been submitted my whole life. There's always been a man of God in my life that can check me and say, Draylon, what you're saying right now is wrong and you need to go pray and repent. And because I've stayed submitted to that, God can trust me with a godly wife. God can trust me with a godly family. God can trust me with whatever it is that I have right now. And I'm just, I'm, I'm going to say this as, as humbly as I can. Pastor has said this a million times. If you boil this Bible all the way down to one word, it would be submission. Hands down every time. You, t- you show me somebody that doesn't want to submit to authority and I'll tell you somebody that won't be blessed ever. Everything they touch is going to be toxic. Everything they try to do is always going to have some type of negative connotation with it. Because God has always established authority in the earth. When you and I are born, the first thing you get is a mom and a dad. Whether they want to be a part of your life or not. They set up authority. He sets up authority automatically. Who am I to get to the place where, oh, I'm a big boy now. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. It's like, man, you won't get far. Somebody said, amen, that's good. Uh, the, the amens are starting to, you know, <laughs> that's OK. That's OK. The word is good. The word is good. But, yeah, I want to I want to ask those questions. Do you have a pastor in your life? Do you have someone in your life that you are completely submitted to? You have somebody that can call you out on your mess. The, 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 the crazy thing about being in ministry or being in platform ministry or, you know, uh, you know, evangelical ministry. Uh, me and my wife have been able to travel all over this country. Um, I went to London for the first time uh, a couple months ago, never been out of the country ever, got a passport and was able to, you know, write some music and sing overseas and uh, been asked to do a couple of different things. But all those things, the more you do, the more things like that, the less the less people start questioning, you know, your motives or they start thinking about how, you know, are you praying? Are you reading? Well, he's got to be, you know, doing this stuff because he's singing or, you know, preaching or doing whatever. And it's like, man, it's really easy to hide. The more involved you get, and I think all of our young people that are in the room can hear this, the more involved that you get, the more easier it's, it's, it is to hide behind what you do. Elders in the room can, can attest to that. How many years faithfully have you been serving the, the, the Lord? How many years faithfully have you been coming to church and coming to prayer and giving your tithes and offering and doing all these things? And still, there's still an opportunity for you to just hide. There's no accountability in your life. You say, oh, I'm 50 or 60 years old. Yeah, where's the accountability in your life? Or I'm five or six years old. Where's the accountability in your life? Everybody needs it. Everybody. Somebody shout everybody. Everybody. I'm going to get off of this so we can continue to move on. Uh, But the last thing I'll say is get with somebody that can hear and obey the voice of God. And not only those things, but you see the fruit in their life. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I would not, I would have not continued to go to this church. I've been to church here for eight years. I would not continue to go to this church if I did not see the fruit on Pastor Hoffman and Sister Hoffman's life. It's not a rumor that she wakes up every day at like five o'clock and prays. It's not a rumor. I lived with them for six months when I first lived here before me and Kelsey got married. I heard her in the morning. Every morning, her little feet shuffling up up there upstairs, and she's just walking around saying, precious Jesus, precious Jesus, precious Jesus, praying every, every day. Like, that's not a rumor. It happens every day. 
It's not a rumor that Pastor Hoffman is generous. It's the truth. I've seen him walk up and take care of stuff for people in a second. I've seen him, you know, we, we've gone to a conference together where the, where the preacher's up there. Hey, we need to raise some money for missions. We need to raise some money for this church or whatever. I need 50 pastors that'll stand up and give $1,000. And he stands up pretty much every time. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a rumor. This stuff is real. I want to be around people like that. And not, not only do I want to be around them, I want them to pour into my life. Somebody said, amen. Number three, and this is the last one of those. You have to truly consecrate yourself. Like honestly, honestly, having hard, tough conversations that you don't want to have is a part of consecration. Reading the Bible when you are so exhausted, when you literally have no time, memorizing scripture, applying it to your life every day. Do you have a daily walk with God? Jesus, Jesus said, when, 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 when you pray, I, I, I hope that you would take from this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Every single day, it's daily. It's not weekly. It's not monthly. It's not, you know, it's not as I finish a plan on my Bible app. Like, it's daily. Every single day. These are things that you're going to be able to do to be able to hear the voice of God clearly in your life. And have the confidence to move when he says move. You have to read that word. You have to know what it says. Before we ever try to hear what God is saying, let's hear and know what he's already said. You got 66 books. Somebody, somebody came, oh, I need a word. You got 66 books of words. Let's go read. Because I promise you, if he's telling you something, he probably done already said it. He's just probably trying to remind you of what he already said. Number two, you have to pray. You have to pray. There is no way that a Christian can have a life, a walk with God, and you don't pray. There's just no way. Like, it's one thing to say that you pray, but it's another thing to actually be praying. Right? The Bible says for us to uh, pray without ceasing. Right. And the way that I understand that is. When I'm talking to my wife, like. We don't have scheduled time that we just sit down and talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, OK. All right, babe. At at, you know, like 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, we could sit there. We could talk about everything. Everything we need to talk about is right there. And it's like, no, like I'm going about my day and she calls me. And I say, hello, hey, can you go get some milk or can you go get this? Oh, yeah, I got you. No, no, no worries. I call her. Hey, uh, can you make sure that this is done? OK, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, man, I'm not feeling very well right now. Can you just say a prayer for me right now? Oh, yeah, let's pray right now. We're in normal communication. We don't have to schedule. It doesn't have to be scheduled. That's what praying without ceasing looks like. We're always talking. Like we're always in communion with each other. And I think if we could get to a place where we are, we because the problem is some of us do things that we don't really think that Jesus would really like to be around whenever we're doing this stuff. So it's really, really hard to be in normal communion with God Almighty about everything if there's things in our lives that we know that he doesn't want to partake in. Somebody said that's good. Last thing is you have to fast. I'm so sorry. Like, I just have to apologize because I love to eat, y'all. Like, I, if you can tell, I'm a lot more heavier than what I would like to be because I just enjoy food. Like, food is a hobby for me. I think about things that I'm going to eat throughout the day, you know? Like, I just think about it. Like, I'm like, man. Like last night we went to Bad Brad's Barbecue. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. It's probably the best ribs that you can get in Michigan. Just saying. 
They didn't pay me to say that. I'm just letting y'all know. Um, I was thinking about that all day. I was like, man, that's going to be a good time. You know, get some people, some food. Some of my favorite things to do is sit down, talk, eat some food. But if I'm going to really be close to God and hear his voice, I have to learn that the only way that I can kill this flesh, the only way, the only answer, I'm sorry, I really wish it wasn't like this, but it just is. You have to fast. Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast, not if you fast, not if you decide, not if he moves on your little heart to just do so. When you do it, meaning he's expecting us to do it because it's the only thing that kills our flesh and reading his word and worship and prayer and communion with our brother and sister is the only way that you can build your spirit up. That's the only way. It's the only way it works. I wish there was a different way. Like, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to say what you're thinking. I'm going to say what you wish you like would say in this situation. I really wish it was different. I'm sorry. It's just not. So we have to learn prayer, fasting, and reading of the word of God. Somebody said amen. amen. And I'm going to tell you why this is so important. And I want us to, um, want the musicians to come. We're getting ready to close. Um, these things that we've said thus far, number one, be in the right environment. Number two, surround yourself with the right people. And number three, truly consecrate yourself. These three things, these are things that I have just experienced in my own life. I'm not saying I've done this perfectly. I'm not saying I've been super consistent in this in my life. I've tried to do this and be as consistent as I possibly can. And I'm sure that I'm looking at a ton of people that have been doing that for years. But the reason that it's worth repeating again is because this is what happens. This is what happens to me. And I'm sure this may happen to you. You let me know if this is how it works. We do these things. We come to church. We wear the T-shirt. We do everything that we know to do. And God starts speaking to us. And we start listening and, you know, he starts changing stuff and then our life changes. Then our finances change. Our family gets blessed. And, you know, we, we, we start as, we start seeing all this growth in the church. We start seeing all these results happen. And what happens is, is this is what happens to me. I get used to those things happening. I get used to people going down in the name of Jesus in the water. I get used to people just getting the Holy Ghost. Like, it's just normal. It's just normal. I, I, I like the worship, the worship that we have here at the church on, on like during worship service. I just expect it to be good all the time. You know what I mean? Like we have great people that play and sing and, you know, we, 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 we try to do our best in excellence with lighting, with all this stuff, our creative team, everything that we do. Pastor is one of the best, if not the best communicators of our time. You know, like we just get used to God giving us so many things that we stop doing the things that got us there. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I promise I'm guilty of this. I've been so enamored, enamored with all of the blessings that I stopped doing the thing that got us there. It's just in the human nature. That's just what we do. Because we get so distracted at the blessings. And sometimes the Lord takes away some of those blessings so you can understand where they came from. So I'm not saying anything that you guys don't know. But this is why I'm saying this. Is that we cannot afford for God Almighty to be speaking to us and A, us not hear it. Or be us be distracted that we miss those moments. I want you to stand. I'm going to close. We can't afford for those moments to come to us and us not have the confidence of the Lord. 
to do what he has already spoken. Remember, it works in reverse. God speaks the word and he expects for it to happen. Let me tell you the thing that that really scares me about the human will. I have kids. I have a four-year-old son. He'll be five in November. I love my kids. I love my son. I love that he loves the things that we love. I love that he loves music. I love that he likes to play the drums and all that stuff. But as a parent, how many parents in the room have told your kids to do something? over and over again and you expect them to do it the first time <laughs> I got I got an amen in the back she was like excuse me talk to her like how many times have we tried to tell our kids to do this and we would really love we understand that it's probably going to take another time or two but we would really love that they listen to us the first time and at some point, on certain things, they do. Because where I came from, we got whoopings. That's all you need to get. You only need, you only need one. Like, a really, one really good whooping. Like, you just need one time. Because then, after when you say something, they don't do nothing, you just got to look at them. And, and when I got that look, it was just like... But the way that, the thing that we need to be afraid of is when our parents say, don't touch that stove, don't do that, don't, don't. And when your parents gave you the magic word, okay. That's scary. That's scary. Like, okay, you want to keep jumping off the stairs? Okay. Do your thing. That okay moment, I believe, happened to Moses. In verse 10, and Moses said unto him, said unto the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither, uh, or he said, I'm not eloquent, I'm slow of speech, I'm slow of tongue. He says all these things. This is right after God performed all of those miracles before him. He threw the snake on the ground, came a staff, picked it back up, handful of leprosy, put it in his bosom, and, and it was healed. He said, man, if you throw water on the ground from the river, it's going to turn into blood. It's a burning bush that's talking to you, and it's not being burnt up. A voice is speaking to you. That is a miracle. If that happened, we would be gone. Like any, anybody in here, if that happened to you, you'd be out. I know we like to say we all spiritual. I'm just letting you know. I'd be out that place. A bush talking to me on fire? Bro, that's not happening. All these miracles happen. And then this part of it says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is not Aaron the Levi thy brother? I know that he can speak well. Take him with you. To me, that sounds like, okay, let Aaron go. So you mean to tell me that there was an opportunity that Moses, if he'd have just went, if he'd have just did it, if he would have just saw all the signs that God just, normally we don't get those many signs. You know, and the, and the funny thing about it is that it happened through his hand. Like this was Moses's hand that picked up the, the snake. Like you're performing the miracle. He's performing it through you. I'm telling you something right now, just like it makes us mad as parents that we have to tell our kids over and over again things. It makes God mad. 
when he's performed so many miracles in our lives. He's done so many things in our life. And it takes so much for us to just listen to his voice the first time. Or to just be in an environment where we can hear his voice. I don't know about you, but I never want the Lord to ever have that feeling of, okay. Moses could have been healed of whatever the situation was. He could have saw another miracle. I believe he could have saw another miracle of God changing how he thinks and changing everything. And he had an opportunity. God presented him with the opportunity. The whatever the problem was that he said that he had, that God would have fixed it. And I wonder how many times has God moved on our heart, has tried to say for us to do something. Hey, go start that Bible study. Hey, go have that conversation with that family member. Go fix this relationship. Whatever the daunting task of moving two million people looks like to you. And I wonder if we could search our hearts and think about that. The next time that he puts something on our heart to do. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. I truly believe that there are people in this place right now that God has been speaking to you, moving on your heart to start some ministry or to 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 get more involved here at the church or to to even step out to repent or to come to the altar or to lift your hands for the first time or to do whatever it is maybe some people are watching online you you, god has given you something to do that seems impossible and you just like moses and myself and many of us start to give God all of the answers and all of the excuses as to why it can't be you that he's speaking to. I wonder if we could all come to the altar right now as a church. And as they begin to sing, I want us to to truly seek the face of God as a church family. I truly believe that this has happened in our lives. This happens a lot. This is a church. The moment that you have, if you ever want a perfect church, get everybody out of the church. Because as soon as people get involved, it's imperfect. So I know that we've faced all of these things before. But I wonder if there's anybody in this place that says, I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm not going to let my my inadequacies, my insecurities, I'm not going to let all of these issues and all of these things in my life keep me from hearing the voice of God, obeying the voice of God, and being confident that the voice of God is speaking to me. I wonder if you throw your hands up right now just begin to go after the presence of the Lord and asking Him, God, whatever it is, oh Lord, that you placed on my life, whatever it is that you're trying to speak to me, oh God, I say yes. God, whatever it is, oh Lord, I know that it may seem big, it may seem impossible, it may seem like like, like I am just so under, uh, so underqualified, so, so, so underprepared, God, that 